Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast. We are very excited about today's call, but before we begin the interview, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching with our product of the week. Jesse, tell us about the product that you discovered. So shamelessly, I am super excited to promote the product of the week. It's our VIP coaching membership, and a lot of people don't really know how it works. So I would love to use this opportunity to really introduce the program and how customizable and personal it is. It's not a one-stop shop as far as everyone gets the same. It's not cookie cutter in that sense. It's really supposed to be for each individual contestant and what their strengths, what needs improvement, and how to work with them to capture the crown. Now, is there a certain age divisions that this has a tendency to work better for? I mean, kind of give us the age range of the types of girls that you have coached. Oh, absolutely not. It's not exclusive to one group or another. It is age group. I mean, my, our youngest winner, and she's a state winner, is two years old. And, our, and we go all the way up to the Mrs. Division, well into the 40s and 50s. Wow. And okay, now, is this something that you just log into the back And then there's a course that they just take and they're just interacting with the website or are they interacting with real people? It is always real people. Uh, Once you apply for the VIP membership and you you, uh, get your login, you can log into the back end and you can submit unlimited questions, unlimited questions, and you're paying by the month. So you don't have to worry about overloading the system. I mean, we are here to answer any questions any concerns, review your wardrobe, review your paperwork, and you're always getting a real person on the other side. We have a slew of coaches and experts that will review uh, your questions and get back to you within 24 hours. So um, it's pretty legitimate in my opinion. And then the other huge key factor is you also have unlimited virtual mock interviews or one-on-one coaching sessions. So you're logging in and you're talking video chat with myself uh, or one of our queens of interview. Now, with mock interview, for the girl that's new, she might not know, one, what a mock interview is, and two, how challenging it can be to organize it. So so walk them through what that looks like. So a mock interview is just walking you through what your actual pageant competition interview would be like. Some pageants have 10-minute interviews, some have three, some are panel, some are round robin. So once we can evaluate what type of interview you have, we will run you through exactly what that would look like so you can feel comfortable walking in for the very first time. And we'll structure questions based on your paperwork and that are personal to you and your platform and your experiences and your skills. So you can have a real life experience of what the judge would see as well when you walk in. Okay. And then walk us through what the one-on-one coaching sessions look like. The one-on-one coaching sessions are my favorite. Uh, The contestant logs in and we talk all about what their personal brand is all about and what that strategy looks like to maximize it. So what do the judges need to know about you? Why do you want to win? What makes you stand out? So developing that X factor and making sure that you can communicate it, not just an interview, but in all phases of competition, that's really what makes a winner. Okay. And now if they were just going to hire just a general pageant coach, um, how much would they pay per hour? And then how much is the VIP membership um, per month? So quality pageant coaches run anywhere from $50 an hour on the low side and all the way up to probably $150 or more on the high side. So that's per hour. So if you're thinking, where may they get the most bang for your buck? That $47 a month is unheard of when you have unlimited mock interviews that are virtual, unlimited one-on-one coaching sessions that are virtual. So you're still getting that face-to-face interaction, but for a fraction of the cost. And if I remember correctly, they also get 
it's like a 30 day money back guarantee if they're not happy. Is, is that right? So the way it works is if you don't feel better prepared for your pageant than when you signed up for the VIP coaching membership, yes, absolutely. It is a satisfaction guarantee. So as long as you feel more comfortable, we've done our job. Um, but yeah, there is that safety net. So you don't have to worry for those first three days. Amazing. Okay. And, and where can they sign up for it and, and learn even more about it? So if you visit thepageantplanet.com, in the upper right corner where it says VIP, just click it. It'll take you to an information page and you can sign up right there. So it's literally two clicks away. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, Stephen. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Carrie Heaps is a former model and talk show host of Strictly Marketing Radio, and she has over 20 years of experience in the image and modeling industry. She is the owner of a model and acting studio as well as a pageant coach, and she's here today to help us learn that in pageantry, when we lose, we actually win, and how we can use those experiences to empower us. So I'm very excited about the call. Carrie, welcome to the call. Thank you, Stephen. It's such an honor to be here with you and with your listening audience today. I'm super excited about this topic. Uh, that makes two of us and multiplied by thousands of us that are listening. So <laughs> let's dive in. Um, first question, how should a contestant mentally prepare for a pageant, um, even if the pageant is just a few weeks away? That's a, a great question. Um, and first and foremost, I would tell everyone listening, if you are in the pageant industry, you should always be preparing, um, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, you should always be preparing yourself in some way. Um, some of the things that you really need to look out for is your mindset. You know, what's your mindset? Are you looking at pageants as you just want to win the crown? Um, do you have a specific goal in mind? You need to sit down and really think about why you're participating in this particular pageant. Um you know, think about what your goals are. What do you want out of this? You need to practice, um, consistently practice. I tell people you should be setting aside time weekly, even if it's just an hour or two hours every week, to practice interview questions, to practice your walk, um, standing, um, which that sounds a little silly, but you definitely need to practice standing because so many uh, girls are very uncomfortable with just standing on stage. They fidget around. So you really need to practice those um, those particular things. So set aside some time to, to practice. If you do that, that is really going to help your mindset because the more you practice, the more comfortable you become in uh, what you're doing. And each time you practice, you're, when the pageant does roll around, it kind of takes away from that anxiety because you have done all you can do to prepare for it. So definitely create some type of routine for yourself that will also help you and take away from some of that anxiety. And always practice. You know, if you have two hours on Friday that you've committed to doing, to practicing your interview questions, to practice your runway walk, uh, to practice standing, to practice smiling, whatever the case may be, make sure you stick with it because that's going to help you um, mentally prepare. And, you know, again, with your mindset, you know, setting that goal, you know, you need to have realistic expectations. If your expectation is, is that this is the first pageant you've done and you want to win the crown, be happy if you place. Just be happy with the fact that you're participating because just by participating, you really are a winner because it takes a lot to put yourself out there. Completely. So you said a lot of there. 
And so I want to ask a few clarifying questions on behalf of the listeners. First, you mentioned a schedule. Can you give us kind of a hypothetical schedule of when to practice interview, standing, like for standing, should you just stand in your high heels while you're watching television Um, and also walking and any kind of mental prep? So just kind of a layout a week, Monday through Sunday, um, what you would suggest well, for an average an average contestant, meaning somebody who's already participated at least a few times in some pageants, they're serious about it. They they want to get into it more. They want to perfect their craft. I would say three times a week. Let's say an hour each time. And I would lay out an actual, write out a routine for yourself. Like maybe the first hour, you're just going to practice the interview questions. So get a list of interview questions and each week during that hour, practice how you would answer those. Um, Practice, you can practice with a friend. You could even practice by yourself if you'd like to do that. Um, But you need to get comfortable with answering. And the only way you're going to get comfortable with answering is by saying those questions, having those questions asked to you out loud and you answering them out loud. Okay. Um, So the more you practice that, the better. Uh, For standing and for runway, no, I would recommend if you want to have some music on, that's fine. But I would not turn on the television. I think that's too much of a distraction because they might be, you know, doing a news break or a commercial comes on and you stop what you're doing to, to watch it. So maybe having some music on would be fine, but you definitely need to focus all of your attention on what you're doing. So, you know, just with standing, for example, it seems a little bit silly, but, you know, you might want to have some music on, but just to kind of stand there and relax, be in your, your what I call a model stance, uh, where you're standing there and you have more of your, your weight on your back, on the back leg, um, so you're more comfortable, making sure that your arms are comfortable, your hands are comfortable, that you're not fidgeting. So if you have something else going on in the background, you know, other than if music is is a deterrent for you, I would say just do it silently. Set a timer, get a a little egg timer and, you know, practice for five minutes standing in that same spot because you are going to be standing up on stage sometimes longer than five minutes. And if you start to fidget, that's not good. Does that make sense? No, totally. And I don't feel like anyone in our our previous podcast has ever mentioned practicing standing. So um, for the faithful listeners, do you suggest that they kind of look in a mirror when they're doing it so they could see their facial expression, their body language, et cetera. Um, do you suggest somebody else watching them? Give us the I deets. suggest, I would suggest a full length mirror. My, my fear is sometimes too, when you bring someone else in like a friend or a family member, you start talking about other things, you get sidetracked and you have to realize when you're standing up on stage, they're not going to be there with you. You're up there with several other people with the MC, the judges are watching you. And I've judged tons and tons of pageants. And I can tell you from a judge's standpoint, that is one thing that will stick out in our mind are our kids that start fidgeting. Um, you know, if you're pulling at your dress or you're, you know, you're exercising your fingers on stage, you know, it tells me two things. Number one, you didn't practice. Okay. Number two, you're probably nervous. You don't want to show those emotions. You really want to do your best to mask those because, you know, think about it. You're, you're on stage. They're looking at everything that you're doing. So if you have a full length mirror, that would be the best. If you don't go in the bathroom and practice in front of your, your mirror. Um, but you're going to be able to tell if you're moving around or fidgeting. If you set that timer for five minutes and you're standing there and you're, you're smiling and you have your hands down to your side and your arms and your hands are relaxed. And if you start fidgeting at that point or you start, you know, maybe swaying from side to side, then you know you need to practice that more. Um, 
you definitely want to make sure that you're not doing that on stage. So practicing that is very important. It, and again, it seems silly that no one would do that. But believe me, as a judge, I see it a lot. And, you know, usually people aren't even realizing that they're doing it and they'll they'll start to do it more. And it, it detracts. It, it draws attention to you, but it's not the right type of attention. Great. Now let's talk about the key steps into having a winner's mindset. You, you cannot win the title you're shooting for unless you believe it internally that you can win it. So what do you feel like are the key steps to having a winner's mindset and how can a girl go about to get those? Okay. Well, two things with that. Number one, you really need to create a mindset of high-level participation. Yes, when you participate, everybody wants to participate to win. But part of winning is losing. Rejection, it's a part of life. We are going to be competing for jobs, for love, for um, attention, our whole lives. The sooner we learn to deal with that, the better. And I always tell people, you know, part of participating in a pageant, one person walks away with the crown. You know, you have like a, a second runner up, third runner up, first runner up, but typically one person walks away with that crown. You have 50 people participating or 100 people, your chances are, you know, they're they're pretty slim. Everybody's is. So having a, a mindset of high level participation, meaning you're going in there with the expectation of winning that crown, but you're not going to let that devastate you if you don't or if you just place. Um, you never want to go into it with, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do my best and, and whatever happens, happens. Um, you want to go in there with a high level of participation, meaning you're there to win. But if you don't win, you're going to take what you learn, you know, learn from that pageant. Uh, that's the most important thing. If you don't win, even if you don't place and you've participated, you're still going to win because what you're going to do is you're going to go back and you're going to look at the pageant. You're going to say, okay, what did, what could I have done better? What do I need to improve on? Where do I need to, what do I need to learn from? What do I need to learn from the winner that the winner was doing that I wasn't? So always improving your craft is going to be part of that mindset. Um, you can't win if you don't get better. And the only way you're going to get better is you've got to, you got to go to bat and you got to lose some. Um, it sounds a little odd that I would say that, but you have to be prepared to lose gracefully. Um, that's part of uh, good sportsmanship and it's part of the pageant industry as well. You really need to prepare yourself because again, only one person can walk away with that crown. It's such a great perspective and it's not one that's openly or commonly mentioned. So I, I am glad that you said that. And along those lines, turning negative thoughts into positives, it's, it's not easy. Um, mm. you know, is this something that you believe takes practice? Like in, in, for example, for the girls that are listening, a negative thought could be, if you don't win, you look to attack the judges or the director mm -hmm. about it's rigged or whatever, mm. instead of looking at yourself and say, Okay, what can I improve? What worked and what could be improved? So um, short story long, <laughs> it, is this something that you believe takes practice, turning negative thoughts into positive ones? Absolutely. It's going to take practice. And the first time, if, you, if it's your first time participating in a pageant, and I see parents that do this sometimes where their child doesn't win or doesn't place, and they're like, oh, this was a negative experience. They didn't win. This is going to be bad for her self-esteem. And I stop them and I say, wait a minute. First of all, this is going to be good for her self-esteem because she has to learn that you can't always win. 
we can't. We can't win every time. You know, it just that is not a realistic expectation. And all you're doing with your child is setting them up for failure later on in life. We can't protect our kids all the time. We, you know, they have to learn how to deal with rejection. That is the one thing that I see going on in this country that I think is very sad is that everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a crown. I know I'm not in agreement with that. And I have judged some of those pageants where everybody does get a crown. And I, I share my thoughts with the pageant director. I don't think this is right because children need to learn how to compete. You think about this, Stephen. If you think about how, you know, if you have a child that grows up with that mentality, they get out in the real world. They're competing for their job. They're competing in college. And they've never had to really compete before because they've always gotten a participation trophy or they've always been able to share in the winnings without having to do anything. What do you think that's going to do? It's going to crush them. They can't handle it as adults because they never had to deal with it as a child. So rejection's a part of life, and that is actually a good thing if you treat it appropriately. You know, all you have to do is tell your child you did the best you could, and, and next time around, we're going to, you know, try again, you know, if you if they want to do that, if they want to participate and making it fun for them that, hey, look at this, you made some new friends, you got to participate, you got to be on stage and think about all the positive things that are happening. Um, not that you didn't win the crown, but look at all these other great things that happen and let's try again. Um, you know, you have to teach your children how to compete. It's it's a necessity. Um, quick story here that I'll share with you that kind of goes along this lines. There is a, a good friend of mine, Andrea Waltz, and her husband, Richard Fenton, wrote a book called Go for No. And it is actually a sales book. I've read it. You have. Okay, great. Yeah, it is a wonderful book. And it talks about, you know, how to deal with the word no in sales. And it's really about rejection, about you have to get rejected so many times before you actually get, you know, before you actually get a sale or before you actually win. And I think it can be applied to the pageant industry as well. You're going to have to, you know, go out there and participate a couple of times, do a couple of rounds, do a couple of, of pageants and participate and learn from those experiences, improve your craft so you can win that crown. Um, but you're not going to do it. You know, if you go first pageant, you win overall, that's great. But don't expect that to happen every time. Um, you have to win some and lose some. So, that's a great book for, I think, you know, kids to read, even in the pageant industry. It seems odd that I would say that, but it's a, a quick read. It takes about an hour. It's a little parable. Well, you've read it, so you're familiar with it. But it gives you a really good idea of how to take those. It's not negative thoughts. These aren't negative things that are happening to you. This is part of the process. Rejection's part of the process. Right. And in life, especially the things that happen to us, they're really neither good or bad we are the ones that ascribe the meaning to them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take that same problem, put it on somebody else or take it to a different culture. Even something as dramatic as death, they see that as a promotion, just different cultures. So um, what I like to do, because I've experienced a tremendous amount of failure in my life and some of it extremely painful, but I put my thoughts, my fears, my insecurities on paper. And I say, why do I feel this way? And mm -hmm. my magic potion is to ask myself why at least three times. I just did this exercise yesterday morning towards a certain goal that I'm trying to achieve and I'm mm -hmm. working towards, but I keep having this one hiccup and I'm like, why is this holding me back? And why and why, why? So I ended up asking myself why like nine times before I got to the real reason. Mm -hmm. like, oh, Okay, that makes sense. And so now whenever I experience that hiccup, I look back to the real reason 
of that particular obstacle. And it's no longer, well, you know, time will tell, but it doesn't seem like it has that hold on me anymore because I understand the reason behind the reason. And that's the benefit mm-hmm. of failure. Absolutely. And again, if you don't put yourself out there and try, you're not going to have that opportunity. Mm. Now, is the saying you're only competing against yourself actually true? I believe that it is. Um you definitely need to focus all of your time and attention on yourself. It doesn't help you to focus on the other contestants about what they're doing. I go back to my modeling days with that. You know, when we used to go out on on different open calls and, and auditions and, you know, I would sit there and I would look around at some of the other people that were auditioning thinking, wow, she's a lot prettier than I am. Or I know that person, she's got more experience than I do. She, all you're doing is detracting from yourself when you do that. And you're not putting the focus where it needs to be, which is on you, on practicing, on perfecting your craft. So yes, definitely you need to be in competition with one person and that's you. And that's improving each time you participate. Yeah, so true in every different aspect of of life. Totally agree. Is making a placement goal for the girls that are coming into the pageant and saying, I want to make top 10, is that helpful or harmful? I really think it depends on the person's mindset. Um, If you have a healthy mindset about it, again, realizing that one person's going to walk away with that crown or only so many people are going to be placing, you know, and going into it with with the right mindset, knowing, okay, there's a chance here that I can lose, but I can deal with it. And I'm going to take what I need to learn from that, learn from that experience and make myself better for next time, then Yes, I mean, definitely make a placement goal for yourself. But if you're going into it, I'm going to win this pageant, I'm going to win this pageant, I'm going to win, you know, and you're not really focusing on yourself, you're not really practicing, you're just focusing on winning the pageant, but you're not doing what it takes to actually win, and you're not prepared mentally to lose, then no, don't make yourself a placement goal. Yeah, and in life, there are very few absolutes. And it's right, it's based on the person and the the background um, of what they've had. So um, me and my wife, we make goals very differently. And for me, anytime I get like the slightest um, inclination of success, I take it all the way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if this happens, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, but that's how I keep myself motivated. And she mm-hmm. is the opposite. And both mm-hmm. are okay because it's just what it takes to keep you motivated and keep you pursuing your dreams. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, again, going back to the mindset, if you, you know, if you're just only thinking about that crown, and you're not prepared to, you know, to lose and understanding what, you know, I have to learn from this experience, then it can be it can be an unhealthy thing. So do you mind going more into that, like being prepared to lose? So let's say for myself, um, like, whether it's business or life, I always want to win and mm-hmm. I, you know, I prepare to win because I've lost so much in the past. I'm like, okay, if I do lose, I'll just deal with it when I lose, but I don't actually ever prepare to lose. So look, do you mind clarifying that? Sure. Well, two things I would say for the pageant industry, I would say if you have a pageant coming up and you're really wanting to win this pageant, have another one lined up just after that. Um, it could be a different type of pageant or it could be, you know, a modeling competition, but have something else going on right around the corner, uh, that you're also going to be preparing for, because that's going to change your mindset to say, okay, if things don't work out with this particular pageant, if I don't win and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take, and I always tell people, 
when you lose a pageant, you immediately need to go home, take out a sheet of paper, write down because it's fresh in your mind. Um, where do I think I, I messed up or, or where do I think I can improve? What can I learn from the winner? What did the winner do that may have been a little bit different or some of the other contestants were doing that I might want to try next time? Um, you know, if it was the interview, um, the specific interview question, maybe write that down so you can practice that a little bit more. Maybe it was a question about politics and you're not completely brushed up on politics. So that's something that you're going to want to work on. So have a game plan of saying, okay, I did my best and, you know, pat yourself on the back because you, again, putting yourself out there is tough, especially putting yourself out there on a stage, you know, uh, in the physical realm that people are judging you on your, you know, maybe on your looks and, and also on, you know, they're doing an interview question, uh, depending upon what the pageant is, putting yourself out there is tough. And the fact that you did that and participated uh, is a huge thing. So don't ever discount participating, you know, you participated, so pat yourself on the back. But make a list of the things that you feel you could improve on and be brutally honest with yourself. If you felt that you were fidgeting a little bit or maybe it's your 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 dress that you're wearing that maybe you need a different color or a different type of dress to wear next time, look at all those different factors and say, okay, what can I do to improve so this other pageant that I have coming up, I can really do well and do even better at that one. So always have something else coming down the pike. And Make those lists. Go over that with yourself. Be brutally honest and get coaching. Having a coach, even just on a part-time basis that you can go back and say, okay, this is what happened at the pageant. Have a professional to bounce those ideas off of because it's great to have family and friends, but let's face it, your family and friends are just going to say, well, they should have picked you. You should have won and maybe you shouldn't do this. They're not really pageant professionals unless they're in the industry where they really understand what's going on. So I think that can be more of a hindrance than a help. So those are two things that I would say you definitely need to do or three things, you know, get it, get some coaching, uh, write down what you did at the pageant, what you can improve upon and have something going on right after that pageant that you can basically jump back on, jump back in the saddle and, uh, and participate again. Such good information. Now, do you think making comparisons between yourself and other contestants has benefits? Um, no. Uh, and when I talk about, you know, looking at like maybe the winner or maybe some of the other people, if you're seeing something that somebody else is doing that um, you're like, wow, that's a really good idea. Or maybe they answered a question a certain way. That's a good way to, to look at the other contestants, but never compare yourself. Nobody's like you. You are your own unique self and you need to put yourself out there because you're special. Nobody else is like you. Nobody else is like the other person. And you really need to hone in on your strengths. And the only way you're going to do that is by perfecting yourself. So comparing yourself is a, is a huge no-no. Mm. We want to do it mentally. I mean, I've done it before too. Like sure. I said, back in the day, you know, with those auditions, wow, you know, she's taller than me or, or you know, uh, you know, just really comparing the physical or, or the person, you know, they're really good. They're probably going to get the part. All that does is it detracts from what you're doing mentally and it takes the focus off of yourself, which is where it should be. As the country said, all uh, blue eyed girls, they want brown and brunettes want to be blonde. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> what last minute thoughts would you encourage contestants to think when they're on stage just before the crowning? Um, 
a couple of things come to mind. You know, first and foremost, you need to have fun with this. This is the process. And if you're not having fun um, participating and, and being part of the industry, it, it's really you know, kind of a, a null thing. I, you know, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, it's going to show. It's going to show in the interview. It's going to show on stage. And again, as a judge, I see it all the time, all the time. And, you know, when you have somebody who's a really seasoned judge like myself, they are going to pick up on on things like that. Maybe somebody who's new to judging won't, but someone like myself will. And we take points off for that. Um, I take my judging very seriously. And I, you know, I'm very uh, thorough about it and I've been doing it a long time. And these are things that I can pick up on. So if you're not having fun, if this isn't something that you really want to do, you may want to reconsider. So, you know, making sure that you're having fun, know that you did your best and but making sure that you do your best, meaning that you you set a goal to practice. You're practicing every week. You're making yourself better. You can see that you're improving. Um, but just know that you did your best. Enjoy the moment. Um, you know, as we say, life is made up of, of moments. You know, you want to enjoy the journey. You can't just enjoy the destination. You've got to enjoy that process because you're going to be practicing a long time. You're going to be perfecting your craft and working on it. And, you know, again, if it's not something that you like, acting is a great example. Um, you know, if you're not if you don't like to memorize things or if you don't like to practice or, or get into character, you're not going to make it in the acting industry. It's just not going to happen. So it, it may not be the best fit for you. But enjoy that moment. Um, remember, being on that stage, it's an honor. You know, even if it's just a little tiny pageant in your you know, local, regional, uh, county fair, whatever, being on that stage is an honor. And never discount that. Always know that that's an honor because there are so many other people that would love to be standing where you are. But maybe for physical, financial, or emotional reasons, they can't. So never forget that. Um, so those are just a couple of things that I would encourage contestants to do, um, you know, when they're standing up there on stage, that they've done the work. Be proud of yourself and, uh, you know, know that you did your best and just have fun and enjoy that moment. Now, kind of a follow-up question to that, but there's two girls left and then your name is not called, you know, as the winner. So you're the first runner-up. How can this be prepared for and dealt with emotionally, both maybe before the pageant and after the pageant? Well, with that is going to come experience. I mean, you know, the more you participate, the more you're going to be prepared to deal with that. Um, but again, you know, being the last two on stage, that is still, you know, a great honor. You know, you have to look at uh, there are so many people that would love to do, they'd love to participate in pageants, but they don't have the self-confidence to do it. They're so afraid of rejection. So, you know, think about that um, emotionally. Um, I think before the pageant, have a conversation with yourself, um, you know, before each pageant say, you know, I've done my best. You go through that checklist, go through all the things you've been doing to prepare for it, that you, you know, you've done your best. It does take some of the stress off of you, knowing that you've practiced and, you know, again, just kind of enjoying the moment. Um, you know, as I said before, we're going to compete all our lives. Um, 
So the sooner we can learn how to deal with that, the better. The first time I think, you know, I won't lie. I mean, I've been in that situation before too. I, I participated in a modeling competition that it was, it was down to me and another person. And she actually got petite model of the South. And I thought for sure I was going to win because I, I placed high in, I placed first place in every category except one where I placed second. And this person was still chosen over me. And it was a little bit of a blow. I mean, cause I was, I was for sure I was going to win and they called her name and, and, what you have to do is it's part of good sportsmanship. You have to go up to that person, congratulate them and be happy for them. And again, look at what, what can you learn from the person who won? What did she do differently that I did not do? Uh, you have to learn from your mistakes that will help you during that mental process as well. But again, just going into it, knowing that only one person can win, um, you know, that's going to help you. But it's logistically, it's all about experience. And the more you get rejected, the more you're going to be able to deal with that, the easier it is each time that it happens. Um, but does it sting? Of course it does. I mean, we're only human. Um, you know, dealing with rejection is it's hard. Um, but again, practice, you know, make sure you're practicing your craft. Um, competing is going to help you. The more you compete, the better, because you're just going to, you're going to perfect your craft and you're going to get better at dealing with rejection because uh, it's going to happen. Um, and, you know, getting up and getting back on that horse, uh, like I said, having another pageant planned after that, that can immediately take your mental state and go, okay, I've got to get prepared for this one. So, you know, you're, you're going into, you're going back into the arena and that's, what's important. You've, you've got to be able to get up and, uh, and, and participate again. Um, it's going to help you tremendously. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, completely. And so one of the things that I do personally, um, that I'm working whenever I find myself doing this, I'm like, Oh, stop. But it's a new habit I'm formulating and I've had mentors that helped me, et cetera. But it's the, what if I would have done this or that differently? So, like if the girl, if the crown isn't placed on the girl's head and she starts to ponder, okay, I wish I would have done this or maybe I should have done that. Maybe I should have said this like word or phrase in an interview, whatever. How can that be avoided and or capitalized on? Well, you want to capitalize on that. Like I said, immediately what I would suggest, because it's still going to be fresh in your mind when you're done with the pageant, when you go home, take out a sheet of paper, write those things down. Like where, because you know, I mean, we all instinctively know um, where we could have um, done better or where we may have messed up a little bit. Write those down um, because it's fresh in your mind and, you know, just write them down and then look at them the next day and say, okay, these are things that I need to perfect on. Um, going back and saying, oh gosh, if I would have done this, I could have won. We don't have time machines, so we can't go back in time and change anything. All we can do is take what we can learn from that experience and make it better for the next time. So that that's the healthy way to do it. If you feel like you're going to dwell on um, participating and, and I, I didn't win and, and this isn't going to work or you want to blame the judges, you want to blame the person who won, you want to blame your coach, you know, logistically in those pageants as a coach, I can tell you what to do, but if you don't do it, it's, it's, it's really, there's no need in having me. Um, you have to do what we say, but even in that case, you're still going to be, you're the one up on stage competing. 
So you're the one who is responsible for winning, losing, placing, whatever the case may be. And your mindset, you have to be prepared to handle any of those. And I would say if you start to kind of get negative, if you feel like you're you're really getting down on yourself, I would say take a break from pageants. Take six months off. Reevaluate. Is that really where you want to be? Because, again, you have to enjoy this journey. There's a lot of practicing. You know, there's a lot of work involved in this, as you well know. And if you're not enjoying that, there's just, you know, there's no point in doing it. Um, you know, some people have other hobbies where they're into music. Um, and I think, gosh, you know, you have to practice all the time. You're, uh, you know, constantly uh, playing whatever instrument you play and you're you're always practicing. And I wouldn't want to do that, but I don't really have an interest in music. So, you know, you might want to take a look at that and say, maybe this isn't really where I need to be. Uh, because, again, I think sometimes people get into this for the wrong reasons. And if you don't have a healthy mindset about it, that, you know, there's, you're going to have times where you lose, then it's not the place for you. Completely. Now, what are the major don'ts contestants sometimes do after not winning? Pouting is a huge one. Um, Thinking negative thoughts. They're mad at the judges. They're mad at uh, their coach. They're mad at their parents. They're mad at the other contestants. They're, you know, um, just all these negative thoughts start going through their head. Um, Wanting to quit. Um, You know, they're putting others down. Oh, that person shouldn't have won. Or, or, you know, I could have won if this person wouldn't have done that. So those are all don'ts that you should not be doing. You know, if you don't win, you know, one thing I tell people, congratulate the winner. It shows good sportsmanship. That's by you doing that, you're actually winning. You're putting a feather in your cap without even realizing it. You're showing people that you're not as, you know, we used to say when we were kids, you're not a sore loser. Um, you know, it's just, it's, Losing is a part of life. Losing is a part of this process. So if you can't deal with it, you're never going to be able to wear that crown. It's just not going to happen. Um, you have to learn to deal with rejection. And so those are some things that you should not do. And believe me, I've called many pageants where at the end you can tell who's mad. I mean, you can, I mean, it's just their, their smile instantly goes away. They're not clapping, uh, their body language, they're shifting back. Like they're, they're mad. Um, and I've had people come up to me after the fact and say, how come I didn't win? And it's like, well, you know, you, you did your best and I don't discuss, you know, uh, judging, uh, factors with, with any contestant, uh, even if they hire me after the fact and I let them know that, but cause it's, it's a ethics thing with me, but, um, you know, you really, those are things that you're doing that even if you're not standing up on stage, throwing a, a hissy fit and stomping up and down, we can still tell by your body language that you're you're upset. And again, those are the people, if they come back and they compete and they don't win, it just, all it does is it makes the process harder to deal with. And this is a win-lose process. Whether you want to admit it or not, it is. Somebody's going to walk away a winner and somebody's going to walk away, you know, not, not a winner. Um, so you have to really learn to deal with that rejection, learn to deal with it in a positive way. And, you know, don't, don't let, if you feel your mind's going there, you know, again, go up to the winner, congratulate her, be, be happy for her. Um, 
you know, you don't know how much time and effort that person put in into winning. They, you know, you may have put in two week, two hours a week. She may have put in 20 hours a week. Um, so you just, you never know what their journey's like. So always do the right thing and congratulate them. And I think that will also help with the, some of that negativity, but those are some things that I see people do that they should not do. Yeah. And ultimately at the end of the day, if you are looking at someone else for the cause of your failure, it's really disempowering to you. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you only kind of blame yourself and then say, okay, well, this is what I did. What could I have done better to improve that in and by itself is empowering. What I find that most girls do and and guys like in life or in pageantry, it's if they fail, they're just embarrassed. And so rather than just being and sitting with the failure, which is extremely uncomfortable, um, they look to find an external excuse rather than just saying, well, I did my best because some, that's a tough pill to swallow to say I've done my best and my best was not good enough to win. That's a tough pill. It is. It is. But it's it's part of the process. It's just like I had years ago, I had a, a mother daughter that came to me and I, I asked them, I said, why do you want to compete in pageants? And the little girl automatically said, because I want a crown. And I looked at her mother and I said, well, you're wasting your time here. I said, just go online. You can buy one, uh, you know, off the internet now for, you know, five, six dollars. Just buy, buy her a bunch of crowns and let her walk around the house with it. Because if that's all that you're thinking about is that metal piece with the rhinestones that goes on top of your head, you're not seeing the whole picture. It's not, it's not the right industry for you. Gosh, I, I just feel like your information is just so valuable. Your perspective is just very rich and I, I appreciate it. And I feel like I could talk to you for another hour, but <laughs> our time is... Our, well, I love this topic, so I could talk all day. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, it's all about your mindset. And mm-hmm. you know what you have in the external is, what's, is a snapshot of what's happening internally, um, good, bad, or indifferent. So... Um, I know that many of our listeners want to talk to you more one-on-one, and I know that they can find you by going to the pageant planet and clicking find a coach, and they can find Carrie Heaps on there. But what social media platforms are you most active on? What's your direct link to your site, et cetera, so they can get in contact with you personally? Well, on social media, I'm most active on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is just my name, at Carrie Heaps. Um, We do... I'm on Facebook and, and uh, we've been kind of working on a Facebook fan page, um, but they can definitely go to the site, uh, carriesstudio.com. Uh, so that's K-E-R-R-Y-S-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. So carriesstudio.com. It has a listing of, you know, the different pageant trainings that we do and different events that we have coming up um, and how we can help you. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a lot of information on that site as well. It's awesome. Well, once again, Carrie, thank you so much for all your input and we're really cheering for you and wishing you the best of success. Thank you, Stephen. It was such an honor to be here with you today and with your listening audience. And thank you again for having me on the show. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47. $47.